Welcome to FoxCast Physical Therapy, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org. Kelly, tell us about what you get to do with the practice and how long you've been here. I'm an OT. I've been with Fox for almost two years. February will be the two-year mark. I am primarily on Daniel Island in South Carolina, and I also cover parts of North Charleston. As we record this, I I feel like I have to check a map every couple of days to see how many states Fox is treating it. We're in 21 right now, and you Mm -hmm. can check out where Fox uh, treats older adults across the country in those 21 states at foxrehab.org. And you actually penned an article also on that website, foxrehab.org, under Fresh Fox Content. We -hmm. give away articles, podcasts like this one, videos, white papers, the whole nine. Uh, You wrote one really about, you know, taking care of the patient post-stroke, the what, how, why, and what now? Well, let's start macro, real big. Why did you decide to pick this topic? Why was it personal to you? I have been an OT for almost 11 years, and I've worked in inpatient rehab, acute care, you know, doing home health, and I've I've worked with, obviously, in 11 years, lots of different things, and I find stroke to be very fascinating, in that you know the brain and its neuroplasticity, you can see so much recovery in someone after a stroke and it just it's just an amazing thing to to watch and i also um, you know everybody presents so differently with a stroke so you know i find nobody's the same so it keeps it it keeps it interesting i just really enjoy working with stroke well i like what you wrote about sometimes we can do really really high level articles and analysis share that information and every once in a while and i think this works a lot in pt and ot and slp which is it's always good to come back to the absolute basics mm-hmm. to remind us of what's going on what's what's underlying that situation so you really did i think a great job at that article and going back through the basics so when when someone and th- this sharpens our acts uh in terms of patient education skills when someone's had a stroke or a care, someone caregiver is asking that question, how do you typically respond? What's your what's your patient education on the overall stroke? Yeah. yeah, I think that's the best way that you can approach someone who has had a stroke because most most of them are not well educated on that. Their health literacy may be a little bit lower. So I think starting at the basics. This is what a stroke is. You know, this is how this happened. This is why this might have happened. You know, these are the factors that that you personally may have that put you at a risk for this. In terms of physicality, you know, how what are you going to present with now? What is your potential for improving on that on that motor skill? And how can therapy help? So I think that's the base of what my education is about when we just right out the gate. Yeah. And I think that's great that you mentioned health literacy. Right. I mean, that's that's really what you're doing is I'm pretty sure people have heard the word stroke a lot. of. I mean, that's, that's a term that we've heard probably, you know, from middle or high school. But do we actually know what it is? And now when it's when it's hit an individual or it's hit someone in someone's family, it, it comes on and it brings on a whole new meaning for that term. So it's good to start with the basics mm-hmm. and knowing how to display that information. So you really got into what I think is that therapists could could share this article really as as almost a piece of patient education and say, hey, I'd like you to take a look at this. This really sums it up. After I've left, if you have any questions, check this out or reach out because you go into you know what really a, a CVA or stroke is. How does it occur? And then really what you mentioned as the meat of it is when people ask, why'd this happen? A stroke is a very scary thing. Knowing how to explain to your patient, you know, gosh, this has been such a scary thing. We don't want this to happen to you again or to your family again. So now what can you do? 
to prevent it? You know, do you, and one of the biggest things that I focus on is medication management, because that sometimes is the number one, you know, they have not been taking their blood pressure medication because they don't realize how important it is. Um, you know, and educating them on that and finding out what their medication routine is and who manages it. And, you know, that's kind of one of the starting points, but health literacy is huge for any population, but especially those who are at at such a high risk. So I thought your article did a good job in bringing people along to make sure we're all at the same spot when you start, right? Hey, why'd this happen? And then we begin, right? This is typically where PTs, OTs, and SLPs come into play, which is what do we do now? So you're really walking and explaining, hey, here are the different things that we're going to be able to do. Here's uh, how we evaluate and intervene. And, uh, you know, you go into acute and chronic management. So when you get to that point, hey, this is where we are, right? We figured out where we are together as a team. What's typically the first the first step once everybody is on the same page that, and has the same health literacy at that point? Mm-hmm. So at that point, it would be, let's dive into what do you want for yourself? What are your goals? You know, um, do you want to be able to, you know, walk around and sweep your porch again? Do you really enjoy going to craft fairs? Do you, um, are you just a very private person and don't want people to help you with taking a shower every day? What are your goals? And then from there, we can try to kind of hone in on what assessments would be appropriate to, you know, figure out the deficits that might be present to prevent them from doing those things that they have as their goals. Kelly, we went from something that sounded very, very scientific and very, very sterile, you know, in your article and and really what you're explaining to something very personal, mm-hmm. very meaningful for the person sitting across from you. And I feel like that is some of the brilliance that PTOT and SLP, working with older adults, working with patients uh, post-stroke. Now it's meaningful. I don't know, Kelly said a lot of words about, you know, uh, a lot of scientific terms that I kind of feel like I understand, but not really. But now she said gardening or bowling or uh-huh. you know, going out on the boat. And I go, oh, okay, those are the things I want to be doing. It feels like you're bringing people now into their own story. Exactly. Um, I think that, you know, if I try to think about if it were my family or me even, you know, Exercise is so important to me personally, being able to, to have an end goal. Why am I doing this exercise? Why, you know, maybe even presenting it to folks like that, you know, all of this stuff, you're going to think, why am I doing these activities? But it is because we want to reach that end goal and that's important for them and us. Yeah. I feel like if you said you need to exercise, you need to do these three things without putting that goal, a lot of people would hear, I'm in this bad situation and you're making me do this thing that doesn't have, I do not connect this to anything. Why am I doing this? I had this stroke. I just, just leave me alone. But when you put something in the future, something that matters to me, there's a reason for me to get up and want to do this. And you explain very carefully along the way with a great therapeutic alliance if you do this, we could see some recovery. And I've seen this before. I've, I've worked with people who I've, I've, I've helped do this before. That, mm-hmm. that shows them that there's a path and there, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Um, ongoing support. What, what do you recommend for people? You had a, a really comprehensive list of resources that were there. People always want information. Mm-hmm. And this machine that we're even talking to each other on the Google machine, as they call it, right? Mm-hmm. You can look up anything. And that's kind of the problem is there's so much information out there. So you want to give people the right information. So talk about one or two of those links that you typically recommend when people are saying, I want a little more, where should I go? Right. So I think the American Stroke Association is probably the number one that I would go to. You know, they are very, the the website is very user friendly. Um, There are a lot of links specifically for folks who have had a stroke. 
uh, for you know resources locally, globally. Um, in, I think within that particular website, you'll find research as well. So there, you know, there's a lot of different levels of information on that website. Um, and then I also, you know, a couple of the books that I posted are very user friendly for patients and their family members. Like for me, I like to have something in front of me. I like to highlight. I like to make notes. Those books are perfect examples of what you can use that are, they're very easy to read, very much layman terms, and you can kind of just highlight and mark off as you go. I think those are two big things that I recommend. And, you know, any specific research articles for things that people are going through. So, for example, someone who has neglect, finding specific research articles that are fairly easy to read to give to them to say, these are the reasons that we're doing these things specifically for you. So individualizing it a little bit. Yeah, people are going to be searching, right? I mean, if you imagine if, if you Googled effects of stroke, how that would feel if you were looking for your for your partner or for right. your brother or sister or for your your parents, you yeah. want to make sure they've got these right resources, right? Giving right. them the right information and not over-dramatizing it, but also not leaving anything out. So I think that the, the resources that you left at the end of your article were fantastic. People want to hear about this. And then getting very specific, as you mentioned, stroke. Mm-hmm is this blanket term, but it can present in a lot of different ways. And that's where right. skill OT, PT, or SLP comes into figuring out what do we do? What do we do next? And that really right. was the title of the article, right? Which is, you know, and, and what now? Available again at foxrehab.org. Uh, Kelly, tradition on the show is called our foxtail. Comes mm-hmm. at the end. You see what I did there? A little play on words. <laughs> uh, why did you decide to work with older adults? What's your foxtail? My initial thought in school, like, probably a large majority of folks is that I was going to work with pediatrics, right? And I had a pediatric rotation in the school system. And by the end of the 12 weeks, I was like, nope, not for me, not (laughs) happening. So I had previously done a rotation at an inpatient rehab. It was basically a a hallway in a very small uh, rural hospital and loved it. It was you know, again, 12 weeks. And by the time I got done with that and then had gone to the pediatric practice area, I rewind that I want to go back. So I actually ended up getting my first job with that field work placement, you know, three or four months later. And I worked there for three and a half years. And ever since then, I've been with the adult population. So I, you know, I've done home health, outpatient, acute care, rehab, and it's just, I don't know, I just enjoy it. I like the, the wisdom of the older generation. And, you know, they're just fun. They're fun people. Yeah, that's great. And, and and we, you know, I me asking this this question to a lot of people on the show, we get similar answers, never the same, but we hear that a lot. And I think that just that that, that shows the the breadth of what therapy can do, whether it's PTOT or SOP. It's kind of similar where people said, Well, I thought I was gonna go this way, and then I got there, I realized I didn't, and then uh oh, but the cool part is you can do so many different things with this education and this skill set. So mm-hmm. Glad you found your home here with uh, with Fox. Thanks so much for writing the article. I think it's a great resource. And again, it's available at foxrehab.org under fresh Fox content. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to FoxCast PT. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great healthcare. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now 
at foxrehab.org.